Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, March 25th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some news in the White House rollout of its infrastructure plan. Number two, should he or shouldn't he? The case for and against Senator Chuck Schumer to go nuclear and get rid of the filibuster. And number three, we've got the latest on House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's fundraising numbers. Okay, Jake, let's talk about the top of Punchbowl News AM where we are detailing this morning new news about the rollout for the Biden administration on their Build Back Better plan uh, that's going to be massive. It is. Uh, we Our news this morning is that, that President Biden, President Joe Biden, not the other President Biden, is going to is going to uh, is planning on announcing the contours of this plan in Pittsburgh next week. Next Wednesday, he's going to Pittsburgh. Uh, he has briefed Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, his top aides, have, have uh, briefed them on the plans. They had a virtual meeting, two separate virtual meetings this week. Uh, and uh, so they're in the loop. The Build Back Better plan, the BBB, I guess we could call it, is under two umbrellas. There's a traditional infrastructure piece, which is worth $2 trillion plus. Uh, it will be roads and bridges and public housing and manufacturing, blah, 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 all that kind of traditional infrastructure stuff. And the pay for of that is is the corporate tax rate. Again, hiking the corporate tax rate. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go back up to 28, where it was originally, but it's going to go up. This is a $2 trillion plan. And everyone in the administration at the highest levels that I talk to suggests that the corporate tax increase is a bipartisan, at least in, in the public, a bipartisan proposal that people feel like big companies uh, do not pay their fair share of taxes and uh, should. And so, you know, they're making a gamble here that it won't be unpopular. And, um, uh, of course, I don't think Republicans believe that at all. Republicans have suggested no way on that. Number two is the human infrastructure piece. That's what they're calling it. That piece is a trillion dollars, and it will include free community college, uh, preschool, uh, child care, paid leave, things like that. And that will be hiked. Uh, that will be paid for, rather, by hiking the individual rate. Um that's a little bit trickier. I would imagine that uh, uh, there will be absolutely zero. I mean, there's going to be zero votes for either one of these proposals. You're talking about Republicans here. Zero. Yes, I'm sorry. There will be zero Republican support. There'll be tons of Democratic support for these. Um, and and um, it's not hard to envision how this will play out. They're going to try to pass these plans throughout the summer, pretty much. And then um, they're going to, um, at the end of this fall, lump all of these things into a uh, reconciliation package. Reconciliation, as you'll remember, only requires 51 votes to pass. So that, let's just take a step back, because I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here about you know what's happening down the line. Democrats are right now saying that, and I agree with you, that these are going to be very tricky to try to find any Republican votes. But they are trying to say they're going to go down this path of you know, potential bipartisanship. This is what is going to be the main focus in Washington in terms of infrastructure. We've reported on this before, but saying that they're going to try to do some of these smaller bills, then cobble them together. And then ultimately, if they are 
they aren't able to find Republican votes, they're going to go down that reconciliation path, path, which you just said. But I think the interesting thing to me is just how big they're going here. This is a $3 trillion plus package. I, I, I just, that's kind of mind boggling when you look at the fact that they just did this massive COVID relief plan. plan. Most people would say, okay, like you've done your big first term, first two year package. Now it's time to kind of get back to reality. That's not what they're, the Biden administration is saying. No, no, they're going with the whole YOLO approach. Um, you only live once, right? I mean, and I think there's, there's something to that. Um, you know, you have, I, I've, we've talked a lot about this in the past and, um, well, what good is a majority if you don't use it? I mean, they barely have a majority. So, um, that's one way to think about it. There's two ways to think about governing Anna. There's the, uh, try to preserve your majorities and go small ball or try to use your majorities and think and use them like you're going to lose them. And they're using them like they're going to lose them. And, and I think that that's, that's, um, you know, I think that's that's the strategy, clearly the strategy that they, they, that they've taken here. And, um, uh, you know, th- they got to keep Democrats in line and it's not going to be easy because and this leads into our second topic, the filibuster still in place. I was going to say, I feel like it's like we, uh, I love it when a plan comes together. The number two story that we are talking about today is the idea of should they or shouldn't they go nuclear? There has been more talk about the filibuster. And I think it's like actually breaking into the ether beyond just us Capitol Hill nerds who are focused on this in terms of what is happening. The pressure, obviously massive on Chuck Schumer by progressives to scrap the filibuster, go nuclear, to your point, use it or lose it. It's time for Democrats to, you know, enact some of these really bold progressive policies. And I think there's arguments for and against it, obviously. Uh, I'll let you take the four arguments to start. Well, yeah. And just to remind everybody, the the legislative filibuster requires 60 votes to pass any any legislation, pretty much. So, you know, a 50 vote, 50 Democrats have 51 votes right now with Kamala Harris as vice president. And that's not enough to do anything. So I'll, we'll give you we, we laid out this morning a bunch of reasons why Schumer should blow up the filibuster, why he shouldn't. Number one in the should category category. You know, uh, passing Democratic uh, priorities, you know, if if they want to do anything, they need to get rid of the filibuster, gun control, everything like that. They've got to do it. Number two, Republicans and Democrats don't agree on anything. uh, And you just have to embrace that. Number three, Dems are likely to lose the House in 2022. So get this done while you can. For Democrats, don't believe there's any long-term public risk for them. I mean, Brez and I, John Bresnahan, our colleague, were, were we were around the Capitol trying to figure out what Democrats thought about the political risk here. They said there was none. And Schumer, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, could have an insurgent challenge from the left in New York next year. And this getting rid of the filibuster would completely get would completely, um, uh, you know, obviate that and make that kind of null. All right, let's talk about the reasons he shouldn't. I'll kick us off here. So this would clearly change the nature of the Senate, which has always been the slower moving body. You know, they're up for election every six years, unlike the House every two years. Um, Critics would say, hey, that's a great thing. But there is something very special about the Senate that would be lost. Number two. Mitch McConnell is not playing. The Senate minority leader has threatened to turn the Senate into a sort of nuclear winter if Democrats go nuclear. This is 
a massive problem for Chuck Schumer because it's a body that runs on unanimous consent requests in, in terms of even the most trivial things like setting the agenda, committee hearings, things like that. I think the third thing to think about here is what happens when they're in the minority. To your point, I think we've you've said it a couple times that the Democrats don't see their majority in Washington right now in the long term, uh, that they know that they're going to be in the minority, probably in the House. And who knows how long they'll have the White House and or the Senate. And when you're back in the minority, Democrats are going to reap what they sow there. Number four, Democratic swings in policy depend on who's in control. And I think that's a big thing kind of goes into the fifth point, which is there's tremendous pressure to pass all of those House bills. The Senate is much more moderate than the House. And if they got rid of the filibuster, all of a sudden the pressure would be to say, hey, you need to take all of these very progressive liberal policies from the House on things like gun control, um, you know, minimum wage, et cetera, that probably don't even have the 51 votes in the Senate to go to go forward. Yeah. And I, I, I just to wrap this up, we don't know if any of those things will pass should the um you know, if the uh, um, if the filibuster's gone, but nothing is going to happen if the filibuster's not gone. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Kevin McCarthy's cash infusions. He has been down in Florida raising money. I mean, he's basically always raising money. Um, he's the biggest House Republican fundraiser at the moment. What are these new numbers and what do you think they pretend? Yeah, listen, I mean, this is uh, the end of the quarter. So we're going to be getting a lot of a lot of numbers um, from a lot of politicians. But here's some big ones from Kevin McCarthy. Five point five million to the NRCC and state parties. Three million dollars to individual members. Big money. A lot of money to give away. You know, cements McCarthy as a big uh, fundraising powerhouse. All right. Before we let you go, I just want to flag we have a new virtual conversation that we're hosting on April 7th at 9 a.m. with Senator Chris Coons, the Democrat from Delaware, very close ally to Joe Biden. We hope you'll join us for that. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.